This is the Show Up Show, helping coaches, service providers, leaders, and entrepreneurs to master showing up to build their brand, authority, and grow their business. Whether it's showing up on social media, in front of an audience, on a live interview, or an actual stage, this podcast is going to help you overcome visibility fear to confidently brand yourself as the authority in your industry. I'm Joanne Chan, aka the Confidence and Visibility Queen, and I am on a mission to share how I went from a nobody to the confident leader I am today, what I have learned and what I have done to build my brand and business from scratch and help you do the same so that you can make an impact in the world with the meaningful work that you do. Whether you are new to the business world or feeling unsure about public visibility or you want to be seen and heard in a way that doesn't feel icky but authentic to you, you will discover how to become visible in your own unique way and show up as the confident entrepreneur you have always dreamed about becoming. Now, it's time to get you show up and be confidently visible so you can easily attract more clients and opportunities for yourself. Jonas today is the founder of Speed Solutions. Speed Solutions uses a mix of growth marketing and public relations to drive new leads and convert them into sales and clients with efficiency. Their strategies are unorthodox and rely heavily on providing value to journalists and clients as the first step to turn someone who has never heard of them into a client. He has worked with brands like TEDx and various publicly traded companies and is also an Amazon bestseller at the age of 21. So guys, tell me welcoming the growth marketing expert, Carson Spitsky. Carson, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Joanne, and much appreciated. Thanks for the warm welcome. You're welcome. So what got you into doing growth marketing and public relations at such a young age, I would say? Yeah, so public relations was the first thing I actually decided I wanted to do. And my whole backstory was I was a high-level ice hockey player until the age of about 18. And by high-level, I mean I played at the highest level possible against some future NHL players about two years before they entered the NHL, which is uh, Canada and America's like National Hockey League, basically. So when I retired from that, quote-unquote, and also you know, coincidentally, I just graduated high school. I knew from my end that, well, I can't work a nine to five one, because I'm not really that skilled to have one. And uh, obviously I can't work for myself, right? Very stereotypical. And what I ended up doing was I kind of fell into that trap of make money online. It's so easy to make money online, nine to five, make 10 K work from anywhere. Right. And I did buy into a couple of those programs for better or for worse. Right. Obviously everyone has their own experience. And I noticed what attracted me to the person was their brand, but what made me buy from one person to another was the trust that I felt either from huge people say like, for example, if Grant Cardone was endorsing the course I bought, I'm going to 
by that course, right? Or in this case, it was the publications, right? I remember one course that I bought. I specifically bought it. I don't. I didn't really trust the guy until this day. I don't really know if I trust the guy, but he was featured in Yahoo, Business Insider, USA Today, Forbes, and I felt well, you know, if they feel like they can trust him, I figure why not, right? And that was the course that did end up teaching me a bunch as far as lead generation, email, and I've pivoted and built my skills up to that day, but. From what I saw, the growth marketing side, obviously branding is super nice, right? However, unless you are an eight-figure, nine-figure, ten-figure, even multi-billion dollar company, you can't only focus on branding. You need to integrate the branding into an overall lead generation or sales-led approach to either get more sales, get more leads, or just ultimately get more clients. I can talk a bit more just on how specifically we do this, but I figure that's a good overview, at least for right now. Wow, I didn't know that that you have such a story um behind what you do and how what got you into like we all do I believe you know even for my listeners like even for myself the reason why I got myself into this industry and started doing marketing and coaching and uh, being an online entrepreneur is because you know I bought I was sold by the idea that it's so easy to just start a business get yourself on social media and like you build a funnel, run ads, and you become a millionaire overnight, right? We all been sold to the idea and this one. And the thing is, once you are you are in the industry, you know, there are many things you have to learn and do and master. And it's not that simple, easy. It's simple, but it's not that easy at all, right? So of course that's that's where we want to talk about um provide some value and strategies that really work for our audience today. So based on what you just shared, um Branding is important, as we all know, like personal brand, right? We all have a brand, right? Whether you think you have or not, you already have a brand. So what is the secret to building a strong online first impression as you uh, call it? I would say the easiest thing to note is just the first Google search, really. It kind of depends on where the person lands, really. So if you're getting someone off of an ad, their first impression of you is going to be that ad creative, or if they click on your profile, or if they go to that uh, squeeze page where they're putting in their information. Squeeze pages aren't as common nowadays, now it's just lead forms, but I digress. But for the most part, most people take most stock in just a quick, simple Google search. And a lot of Google searches, like a really easy thing to do from what I've seen to get a little bit of press. And now this isn't really going to make a huge difference if you're established, but if you're starting up, it definitely does help is you can use a couple of like press release news wires to get on a Yahoo finance or a business insider or a Bloomberg, right? It costs maybe 200, $400. You can pay someone just to write an article for you. And you can have as seen on, right? And now these are not the most powerful publications. They're blatantly paid for, right? So I will not recommend using this, but some of the clients that we have worked for and done work for have used this to like basically double their ROI on ads, or if they're going after funding, get seven to eight new uh, investor meetings just off of the press they're getting and integrating it into their exact coverage. So getting like a Google search, getting that up there, there's a lot of things you can do, like a personal website. Maybe if you have podcasts or speaking events, you can put that up there. However, if you're beginning, you just want to occupy as much digital real estate as possible. Like mimicking the large players is pretty key. 
but there are some things you can manufacture on their own without my help, without your help, without anyone's help at the end of the day. So, you know, as we all know, there are many different platforms out there like TikTok, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn, right? And podcasts. <laughs> How do we maintain a consistent branding um, you know, across all social media platforms without getting overwhelmed? Yeah, I would say it's just having a consistent brand voice and how I look at it at the end of the day, I view for most industries. Now, there are exceptions to this. I don't necessarily view that and for coaching. This is way different, but at least for my industry, as far as marketing goes, content necessarily shouldn't be your 100% focus. Like I model it after Alex Hormozzi and other creators like him, where you need to know what you're talking about. And for you to know what you're talking about, you have to have a ton of clients, like actual insights, skills, right? No one really cares to hear about the uh, the business owner who just got in business two years ago, who's teaching you things that aren't really more complex than a, um, a, a Notion document, for example, right? But content as a whole, I still deem it to be extremely valuable, right? Because in today's day and age, I, I'm sure you would agree with me. Like, how many emails do you get in your inbox here, like on average in 2023? Um, you mean like, okay, you mean like those uh, newsletters or sales emails? Newsletters or people like pitching you? Uh huh. Okay. How many do I get in a day? Is that the question? Yeah. Oh, wow. On countless the thing is you know i have a few email addresses you know and some one is personal one is work email and i subscribe using all of them so every day all my inboxes are filled with emails and i would say usually an average five to ten on average yeah oh wow that's light yeah <laughs> okay that's very light okay that's not terrible okay that's better than i thought it was because i unsubscribe most of them i mean like when oh, I get okay, okay. So you're smart. Yeah. Okay. I got it. You get out of the ones you don't want, but um, at least from what I've seen, a lot of people that I talk to, as far as like potential business, that is one thing I try and ask. Like, oh, what what stood out to our email? I know you probably get a couple hundred. And they're like, really? It's like five hundred. But um, at least from when I talk to people on that, their inboxes are more bombarded than ever. And because of that, and keep in mind, it kind of just depends on your market and who you're selling to. But um, you're hitting up people who may be a bit more emailed than most people. So they aren't necess are not necessarily going to care as much about, you know, your offer or your service. They're going to care more about, okay, I've heard this offer before. Why this guy, why this girl, why this business, right? So content is an amplification at the end of the day. One, it proves you're real. It proves you're not a scammer. Two, it makes them build trust in you and your service and your authority at the end of the day and ultimately your ability to drive the results specifically for them. So I think content changes as you go up in terms of your skill, in terms of your knowledge, and then ultimately in terms of your results also. So you see, there are many marketing strategies out there teaching people how to get clients, how to generate leads, how to convert, right? Um, there are tons of them out there, like whether it's content creation, podcasting, um, webinars, challenges, right? Every, there, there are so many. And which is why people are, are so annoyed and frustrated and overwhelmed because they don't know which one is the best strategy that really works. 
So in your opinion, based on your experiences and the work that you have done for yourself for a business, I know you, you know, um, what what would you say is the best way to generate leads? Because I know that's one of your expertise as well. How to generate leads um in today's marketing landscape? I'm going to give a very PR safe answer and I'm going to go over how I would kind of conceptualize how to generate leads for everyone like listening. And then I'm also going to go into why I think like email is my preferred, at least for me, because it won't be the same for you. How I look at it is I look at it. You should really just pick one channel that is working, maybe two just to have um, to hedge your marketing channels, basically one or two from what I've seen works. And off of that, it is a formula at the end of the day. Like the only real things you need to look at is how easy it is to contact the people you want to get in front of, how easy it is to turn them into a lead and how much money can you collect on a day-to-day month-to-month basis. Obviously you do want something that's going to start right away as far as like direct ROI. And you likely do want something that's going to compound over time. Right. And for me, what I chose, I did end up choosing cold email and then personal brand is a big one that I'm currently working on and have worked on for a fair amount of time, but cold email, at least from what I've seen, it is extremely scalable, right? The only thing you have to do is buy more infrastructure. And by infrastructure, I mean like lead lists and domains to send emails and ultimately appointment setters, SDRs to turn people and qualify them into potential sales really. So it is rather scalable as far as that goes. We have done everything under the sun. We have gotten leads off of SEO. We've gotten leads off of listings, awards. We've gotten leads off of PR. We have ran ads. We have done LinkedIn content. We've done LinkedIn ads. We've done LinkedIn um, outbound DMs. We have done some challenges. We have done email marketing, like people who have opted in for leads. The most consistent thing for us, like the most ROI effective is just emailing someone who's never heard of us before, asking if they're interested in our services, calling them right away maybe qualifying them, maybe booking them in for another call, depending on how much time they have. And then ultimately, if they're open to exploring our services, we figure out if it's a fit for them and if it's actually what they're looking for and can meet their goals. If it is, we try and turn them into dollars into a good client experience. But it's a very way, it's a very simple way of saying we just have an outbound sales process really. So. Okay. Because I want to go back to something that you said in the very beginning, which is all about that uh, you bought into someone's program in the very beginning because you saw Grant Cardone was, you know, um, uh, what you call that? Uh, like, like a testimonial. Yeah. yeah. There's a video. Yeah. Right? So it's all about trust because we all know the no like and trust factor. Trust is, is, is the final stage where they trust you, they are willing to pay and buy your product or services. So how do you build, how do you build trust with someone who has not heard of you before by sending out cold DMs or emails and how do you build trust with that person? Yeah. And cold outreach is the hardest place to build trust. Cause if I look at it, if you can build trust here, it's only going to amplify any existing result you get from any type of funnel where people come to you at the end of the day. So, um, sorry, can you re-ask the question? I had a brain cramp here. Sure. So how do you build trust with because you mentioned about your, right now you, you think, um, you know, send, uh, cold DMs, cold emails is scalable, right? It's highly scalable. But how do you build trust with someone by sending out a cold DM to that person 
but they have not heard of you or seen you before. Yeah, so I think the most common things are being seen as qualified, being seen as someone that understands them. And I wouldn't necessarily say personalization as much anymore, but more so relevance at the end of the day. Like, for example, if I reach out, I have a couple um, I have a couple clients in the biotech space. If I reach out to a biotech company that's fairly sizable and I'm able to say something like, hey, recently helped uh, XYZ biotech company do this, this, and this, we could do the exact same thing for you. And we only cater to biotech companies. I saw that you guys were looking to raise capital, which is a pretty common um, source for someone to do our services for us. If I'm able to say that all in an email, they're going to have trust pretty quickly that I'm able to deliver on what I can do. And for me, because, you know, like I offer getting people featured in publications as a service, when they look me up, when they look my company up, when they see that for themselves, that obviously increases trust at the end of the day. But for everyone else here, the formula really is analyzing your audience, figuring out what they care about figuring out what they're already seeing. You want to present yourself as slightly different. You do not have to remake the wheel, but you want to be different enough so that they see it and they think, oh, okay, this is interesting. I like the idea of doing this, but this is a unique way of doing it. Okay, let's talk to them, right? And everything else from content, from even PR, from the entire experience that makes someone want to buy you do want it to be as optimized as possible. And one exercise that anyone can do is if you've bought something off of TikTok or off of Facebook ads, you kind of want to analyze why at the end of the day. Like what made you click on the app? Like was it the creative? Was it the social proof? Was it the fact that it solved the burning desire? And then figure out what made you go to that next step. Maybe it was putting in your info, right? A lot of people these days for an ad, they say, put your info in. We will send you a free resource, right? Can you mimic that over other channels? You definitely can through every channel. And you also want to think, okay, what made me want to put this in my cart? Oh, was it the scarcity it drove? Oh, okay, let's mimic that. And at the end of the day, what gave me that? What objections did I have? Did they have to overcome? And how did they overcome them so that it made me click purchase at the end of the day? So I say the biggest thing is people buy things every day. It's just kind of just taking a look and analyzing why did I buy this? What stopped me? What made me feel trusted? What made me kind of make sure I didn't back out at the last possible second? Hmm. It's very interesting because I receive call emails almost every day. Like, and I don't even bother to <laughs> respond to any of them because most of them are just like, you know, they saw I have a podcast and, uh, you know, they wanted to help me with my podcasting, like editing, things like that, the end touch, right? And I don't even bother to respond because, because I know it's a call email, right? And Secondly, I don't need their services. So what is really the most effective way to go about setting cold DMs? Because I, to be honest, you know, I have not, I'm someone who is like, again, sending cold DMs and emails because I personally, I don't respond to any of them, whether it's a oh, cold DM on sure. LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, right? I know they are trying to sell me something, right? Which is why I don't buy into it. I, I don't like, I just don't like the approach, which is fine, right? We all have, uh, you know, so which is why it's not my strategies to send out cold DMs because I personally don't like that. Um, so for people who want to try out, what is the best way? Maybe do you like have a few tips you know, um, so that you don't kind of come across as spammy or salesy. 
Well, at the end of the day, you really just have, and this is kind of redundant, but I'll get a bit more into it and why it works, but you have to offer something that they perceive as valuable, right? For maybe 5% of the people at any given time, what I just said, as far as like intent data, knowing that they're in the market for something like mine that could help like right away, they're going to reply, right? But for the 95% of people where they may not have a burning issue or even see that they have a burning issue, you have to be a bit more subtle, like something where maybe you're inviting them to, I don't know, create, like hop on a podcast with you or do like a free interview with you or something like that. Something where they feel value, right? Like you literally just want to have to figure out why would, what would make someone say yes at the end of the day? Like, like Joanne, I, I imagine if you emailed someone that you really wanted as a prospective client, you asked them on your podcast, they're probably going to say yes, most likely, way more likely than just asking, Hey, would you be open to my coaching services? Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. And exactly. Right. And because it is 2023, you do have to build some trust at the end of the day, you do need your foot in the door in some way, shape or capacity to get people going. And if you're able to do something that's at all relevant to your service at all relevant to what you do, and you're able to build that trust by already delivering them results for free, most people think, well, what could this guy do for me if I could, if he's doing all this for free? What does his paid version look like? Or he's already made me money. Why don't I just hire him? He can keep making me money at the end of the day. Mm. So if a person don't respond to your cold emails, do you follow up with them or you just go to the next one? Um, it depends on the platform actually, because how I look at it is, and this is kind of a rather like spammy approach to it. I'm going to be like upfront with that. However, we really just look at maximizing the amount of lead flow in general without like destroying our brand reputation at the end of the day. So how we look at it with emails, if we're more efficient with email one, with just one reply, then we're just only going to send one email and follow up with them in maybe a couple of months if we get to that point. Right. Mm -hmm. However, from what we've seen, if you have a smaller amount of people that you should be, that you can reach out to, and if you do not get penalized for sending follow-ups as far as like a daily limit or something like that, there isn't necessarily anything wrong with sending follow-ups. I don't view it as a bad thing. Like on Instagram, it does work. LinkedIn, it's not necessarily the right thing to do. Uh, Facebook, not necessarily the right thing to do email, not necessarily the right thing to do, but at the end of the day, you're really attempting to look at this without, um, really without emotions. Cause how I model a lot of what I've built and how I know a lot of people who have built like companies solely off of outbound model, their companies is they look at Salesforce's model, like Salesforce, they can cold call someone for 50 to hundred times over the course of four or five years in order to land that account. Right. There's absolutely nothing wrong with following up with someone in a couple of months. In fact, I would rather encourage that, but obviously harassing someone day in day out it's not necessarily the smartest thing in the world because frankly the odds of them replying are you know lower for sure yeah it annoys me the like even more like hello i don't reply you it means that i'm not interested and now you send me again another email asking me you know because you mentioned about what you know two of your main strategies approaches right now is, is cold cold emails and personal just personal branding right if i'm not wrong because we all know building a personal brand 
it's so that people come to us, we don't have to go and chase that, right? Because it's it's magnetic, you know, you have a strong presence online, people see you as the authority, you don't really have to go and reach out to people, you know, saying call DMs. That's, that's how I see why it's important to build a personal brand, right? So that people come to you, you know, you going to that so that you can, you know, it's basically you stand out in the industry, you differentiate yourself from your competitors, right? So how do you strike a balance between sending out cold DMs and versus, you know, and, and building your personal brand at the same time? I think for the most part, you do have to um, build one out as much as possible and then kind of delegate the stuff that takes up as much time as possible. Like, for example, I could sit at my keyboard and you also have to analyze what's actually the best use of your time. For example, I could sit there and manually send out hundreds or thousands of emails a day. Actually, I'm not that good. I probably can't. I could use software. I could use employees to manage parts where I don't necessarily have to be the one doing it. And by proxy, that allows me to free up time to do more valuable stuff. And I view it as the exact same way as filtering out with brand, right? At the end of the day, am I? do I need to be the one editing video clips? Probably not. Do I need to be the one figuring out like the overall direction of the content and maybe the directions that I speak on? Absolutely, right? And at least at this point in time, it really is get rid of kind of the mind-numbing, boring stuff as much as possible so you can be freed up and so you can actually work on the things that move a needle and then figuring out how you can get bigger and bigger priorities on your day and on your plate and figuring out how to delegate or systematize or lessen your time impact on those lower uh lower roi opportunities sure how do we yeah so how do we get featured in uh, big publications like yahoo or text you know how do we get book on text and and things like that yeah it's the only way to get featured is by paying them to get featured or is there like a free way to get into it yeah, so obviously it's never, and I, I'm I'm biased, right? At the end of the day, I'm super biased on this, but the way I look at it is, if it actually justifies the problem for you, and it's you get you see the value of it, there's nothing wrong for paying for relationships. However, there are a lot of things to watch out for in the PR space, like any other space, as far as scams, untrustworthy people, that kind of stuff. What I do think a good thing to do for a lot of people, especially starting out outside of like press releases, which again are kind of rudimentary, I would look at tools like help a reporter out or quoted as simple as they are. We still get hits for our clients like week after week, month after month, right? Like I do know some PR firms that only use quoted for their clients. And just for context, quoted and what help a reporter out are is they are two databases where journalists submiss, submit the queries that they need answered for their articles. I was actually on Quoted last night and I saw submissions just over the weekend. Two were for Forbes, a couple for USA Today, a couple for other prominent e-commerce publications and lifestyle publications. So there is gold. And from what I saw, they were really looking for, they literally said the first two people to submit with accurate replies, I just need info for this right away. Right. And obviously, if you're able to meet that and you're able to do it rather quickly, you're going to get featured. It's more common than not. I think the tips for going through that is kind of figuring out 
what can I speak on as far as topics, what questions may a journalist ask me, and then prepare as much as you can ahead of time. One thing we are attempting to do, and this is a very elementary idea, I have no clue who will stick with this over the next week or so, but this is something we're in development with, GPT announced uh, GPT bot. So you can custom train a GPT-4 model how you want it to be. What you could do is you could train a model on 20 to 50 responses to questions that may come up. And using that insight, if you get a question from help a reporter out or quoted or something like that, you can then throw in that question into your GPT bot, have it answer it exactly like you in the style, tonality, tips, everything you want, and then submit it back into uh, Gmail, right? Obviously, this can be automated with Zapier as well. So you get a prompt that matches something you're looking for, and that automatically gets emailed back to the journalist. I think that's going to ruin everything about these kinds of tools in the first place. I don't think we're that far off. People probably have it out already because I'm not that tech savvy, but... I mean, there are a lot of things you can do to speed up the time, either with VAs, either with making your brain a knowledge base, just somewhere on Google Docs or something like that, or just with tech and automation at the end of the day. What you say is the first step for someone who is listening to this, whether it's a coach, a consultant, business owner, they are looking to accelerate their brand authority today. What would be your number one tip for them or what is the first step or what is one action you want them to take today? I think the first thing is understanding what your audience cares about and really just understanding basic copywriting strategies. What's going to make someone boil over? What's your end goal first off? What's going to make someone drastically decide they need to get to that next step so they can achieve their end goal? And who exactly is your audience in the first place, right? We see PR campaigns bomb just because like inaccurate information was fed. And when we look at the results, we figure out, oh, this small thing we tested resonated way better than what our clients thought it did. Or maybe this PR campaign did well, not because it was in you know Forbes or Entrepreneur or USA Today, but because it did actually resonate and like their audience actually cared about it at the end of the day, right? So that's the easiest thing to do. As far as actionable insights, I would just say take action. There are so many ways you can get in front of journalists or so many things you can do, whether it's pitching podcasts, pitching PR, joining various programs to actually get in front of PR people or podcast people or journalists or something like that. Really, at the end of the day, it's figure out a system, figure out what you want to be known for, figure out your story, and then like get as much reach as possible, get as much vision for your story. I love that. Yeah, I love that you mentioned our story because uh, it reminds me of the other question that I want to ask you. What is um, how do we craft a compelling story for ourselves, a brand, um, our our company? I think there's always two portions to this. There's gonna be one hundred, and I'm not saying why, but there's gonna be one hundred percent wholeheartedly the truth, like step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever, right? But if you can narrow down that 10 step journey or that uh, background into say maybe step 1.3 is gonna resonate way more than step 1.1. That's gonna be a lot better for you to say and for you to tell. And obviously if it's still accurate, right? And it's still logical and it makes sense and it's honest, I believe it to be fair game. 
However, it is just rephrasing how you shape your vision, right? Like in my introduction, I talked on how I actually, you know, use social proof in order to buy things, right? And how I was, you know, swayed. I could have talked on how I failed a million times, right? And then finally, at some way, shape or form, managed to hit success. I could have went through all the failures I've had, how much effort I put in, right? But because I want to appear a little bit more successful rather than this guy's failed a million times and now somehow he made it, right? Uh, that's how I chose to portray myself at least as far as stay goes. And the other thing too, like being honest is a good form of positioning, right? Like, like I've said, I've failed a million times. I've tested a lot of things in business. <laughs> there's a popular, um, there's a popular trend going on TikTok where it talks about gambling casinos and stuff like that. And I, I think this is a good business philosophy. It's either you win or you keep going. Right. And it is meant for gambling, but I think it's a pretty powerful business philosophy where you either win, you get results, you figure out something new or you keep going. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now we talk about what are strategies, steps, and you know actions. What is number one? What is the number one mistake that you see many people are making? Whether it's you know um building a personal brand or trying to get featured, trying to get exposure. Like what is the number one mistake that you see? Uh, that what is the number one mistake, and that you see people are making right now? I would say it's being too emotional and being too detached. And the reason why at the end of the day is. I can send out, I can send out 20 DMs. I can send out five pitches to journalists. They may not hit, right? I can analyze, oh, why didn't they hit? Oh, shoot. Oh, this sucks. It was so good. I spent so much time. I spent so much effort. No one cares. Like if they didn't care, figure out what makes them care. Like you have to test things. You have to document things. And at the end of the day, everything is a test. Like I obviously, I'm I'm okay at lead generation, right? Like I pack out a couple sales uh, reps calendars just with cold email, right? But I do see new people come into the space and say, oh, I sent 300 emails, but not a single positive reply. What happened? I don't know. Test more things. I, I can't tell you off of 300. You tried one thing and it didn't work, right? Like no one's going to, no one's going to succeed on their first time. And obviously this is expectation setting from starting a new program or starting a new course where you get sold the rosy sun, right? But at the end of the day, if, I'm bringing this back to what most of those course sellers want you to think that you're going to be oh, making six, seven figures like passive income. Sure, that can happen, but you likely are not going to put in enough effort, not going to put in enough tests and just not become a six, seven, eight, nine figure human worth actually being that person to make that passive income or to have that business to where you want it to be. So at the end of the day, it's test more things, do more volume, level up as a human. That's really all it is. Yeah, I remember a conversation with an guest earlier, and um, the other day, they were talking about this as well. Like most people, they try, they bought a course, they tried their strategy once, and they, it doesn't work, and they think it's a scam, right? And um, so yeah, they stop trying, but you only try it once. And it's like, and you say it doesn't work. Yeah, of course it doesn't work, right? You have to try again and again and again. Sometimes, you know, just like, for example, sending emails, you have to test different headlines. You have to do, you know, test different copywritings, different call to action. Like, there's so many things we need to test in marketing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that Um, because it's, it's the number one mistake that most people are making, which is they don't test, right? They just did once and doesn't work and they stop trying again. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for sharing all your valuable 
um, insights and your expertise. Now tell my listeners where they can find you online and if they want to explore working with you, want to book a free call with you, where should I send people to you? Yeah, sure. And I will throw one uh, promotional piece in really quickly. I do write for a publication. It's called Smart Tech Daily. If you can potentially speak on innovation, um, uh, AI, tech trends, maybe maybe Web3. I'd, I'd actually have to check my editors really quickly if Web3 is fine. But I do write for them. Obviously, if you're if you have something newsworthy or noteworthy, feel free to pitch me. I, I do say yes to about virtually everyone, assuming I see it. Uh, my email is carson at spitsolutions.com. My company name is carson at spitsolutions.com. If you want us to actually like integrate like a, a press strategy, media strategy for you guys, that is something that you should reach out for. If you just want a free article, again, that's fine. Just shoot me an email with your pitch and I will get back to you. Feel free to spam me with follow-ups if you really want to. But as far as content goes, LinkedIn, Carson Spitzky, YouTube, Carson Spitzky as well are the two main places I can be found. But outside of that, I'm you know, pretty offline as far as social goes. Okay, that is interesting. All right, guys, um, I hope you learn. I know you learn a lot from today's episode. I'm learning a lot from Carson today. So if you have any specific questions for Carson, you can send him a message and email, you know, or leave a comment below and we'll get back to you. And I'll put all his links in the channel below. So make sure you go and check it out and give him a follow, um, you know, and follow with me and thank him for coming to our show today. And if you want to learn how to launch, grow, and monetize your podcast and build a raving fans community around your podcast, you are invited. I want to invite you to our virtual dinner party where you get to hang out with me and my guests and my community in a safe, empowering environment without any sales pitches. Yes, you heard it right and it's free. There's a choice of dates and time for you to attend. Just go to the show notes again um, below and you'll find the RSVP link there. All right, I hope to see you there. And until next time, keep showing up. Success doesn't show up for you until you show up and pursue your own success. Hi there, thanks for listening today and I would love to meet you at our virtual dinner party. Once or twice a month, we come together as a community in a safe and empowering environment to help and support one another in our entrepreneurship journey. So why is a virtual dinner party? A VDP is not a networking event, it's not a teach event and it's not a webinar where you don't get to talk. I want you to imagine the VDP being a cross between a mastermind, speed dating, and a Tony Robbins event. And most importantly, there is nothing for sale. My goal for you in attending our VDP is to help you build real confidence, gain more visibility for yourself, and build a deeper connection within our community. What is the catch? There isn't one. If you are a coach, consultant, entrepreneur, or podcaster, come and join us for a truly unique and world-class experience. And there is a choice of dates and times for you to attend. To ISVP, just send me a DM on Facebook with the word VDP now.